Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The rat race. What do you think of when you hear that word? Does it remind you of your life right now? Do you think about your job? or maybe your commute, you think about your boss. Uh, Do you think about living paycheck to paycheck? I get emails very often from fans of the show who talk about the idea of quitting their job and moving to a homestead, raising all their meat, selling some product off their homestead, and the one of the sentences that they use all the time to describe this process is leaving or escaping the rat race. I see this phrase so many times, and yet we haven't addressed it in the podcast yet. How to escape the rat race. So how do you do it? How do you get out of the rat race? How do you start living the life that you really want? That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode of Homesteading. We're going to talk about what it takes to break out of the rat race. But before we can talk about escaping the rat race, before we can talk about your game plan out, we really have to identify what the rat race even is. And so that's what we're going to dive into first today on this episode of Homesteading. The world that we live in is a crazy place, but you and me, we can each make it a little better. We can live a more sustainable life. We can become more self-sufficient. We can get more connected with the planet around us. And we can do all of this together. So everybody, cozy up. It's time for another episode of Homesteading. I was researching for this show trying to find out the origin of the term rat race. I wondered if it had anything to do with science experiments done on rats. And that's when I stumbled across this video. Male albino rats. What do you think is the reason for the difference in their behavior? The animal on the left is hungry. The one on the right, with the food in his cage, is satiated. You can We're see going to use an apparatus with this experiment was done quite a long time ago, back in the 40s. The video editing isn't so great, but it really signifies the whole idea of this rat race. They take two albino rats and they put them in this container. And in both sides, they each have their own compartment, there's a little lever. Pressing the bar delivers a small pellet of food into the dish immediately below. You watch in this experiment as they take these two different rats 
and they put him into these two different compartments. And there's a difference between these two rats. We will now put the hungry and the satiated animals into the apparatus and watch for differences and learn. One of these rats is hungry, and the other, the narrator describes as satiated. Is somewhat more active. We watch as the hungry rat goes back and forth in his container, searching and searching for something. The hungry animal remains active, but as the satiated one becomes adapted to the new environment, he settles down and becomes inactive. The satiated rat quickly settles down. It's like Watch he's taking a little nap. the wide variety of responses which the hungry animal makes. But the hungry rat is looking all over. He's inspecting his container. It's like he's looking for something. And as this experiment goes on, we see what point they're trying to drive home. The hungry rat is being motivated by that stress of being hungry uh, to find food. And so he's more willing to experiment with his environment. And as he's experimenting with this environment, he stumbles upon the key, the way that he's able to feed himself in this container, this little lever. He accidentally pushes the lever the first time. And uh, as we watch, you can see he, he bumps the lever once and a little food pellet pops out. But he didn't even see it happen. And so he crawls around again, still looking and looking and looking. And then he bumps the lever again. He starts to pick up the pattern. If he hits this little lever, he'll get a little pellet. And so then he starts to repeat and repeat and repeat this exact process. The scientists were able to prove that they could train a rat. They could train the rat to use a lever using the motivation of his hunger. But then we go back to the satiated rat. The entire time this rat is feeding himself, learning how to use a lever, the satiated rat is just sitting there doing nothing. He's not being motivated by hunger. Put a mild electric shock on the grid on which the rat stands. Then they bring in the, the shock. The shock is adjusted to be annoying, but not painful. I don't know how much I believe that. <laughs> shock is on. Shock is off. Pressing the stirrup bar turns off the shock. Although the shock is not strong, you will see that it supplies enough drive to produce a radical change in the behavior of the satiated rat. He hits the bar, the shock goes off, and he's rewarded. So in this instance, they're using the shock to motivate the rat. This was a satiated rat. He was happy. He was content. He didn't need to go looking around for food and playing with levers. But then they start shocking this poor little rat. And he starts jumping up and down. And he happens to hit the lever, which is what they're trying to train him to do. And that stops the shock. And so these scientists doing this experiment go on to prove that using both hunger or shock, any of these two stresses, you can teach the rat to do all sorts of things. You can teach him to use the lever, but you can do even more. They at one point prove that you can teach the rat to bite on a cable to stop the shock. And then they show later that you can actually take two rats who normally would get along just fine. You can make them fight with each other to stop the shock. This experiment shows exactly what the rat race is. The rat race is the idea of the rat being put in this unnatural circumstance, uh, trying to get food or trying to not be shocked, doing whatever the experimenter wants. It's a perfect illustration of what people are thinking about when they talk about the rat race in their own life. So what is the rat race? We saw a perfect illustration in that, that experiment there. And I'll share a link when we're done with this video. I'll put a link to this video. It's called Hungry Rat Motivation and Reward in Learning, 1948 Yale University Psychology Experiment. So you can go and watch the whole experiment and see what they learn. It's about a 15-minute video. But what about our rat race? 
the one that we're trying to get out of. What do we mean when we say, I want to buy a homestead, move to the country and get out of the rat race? How do we do it? Well, our own rat race is made up of a lot of the same things that this Yale University experiment showed us. There's four elements to the rat race, and we saw it in that video. The first element, obvious, it's the rat. The second element, well, it's the race. The next element is the stress. And we saw in this experiment, there were two versions of the stress. Finally, there was the reward. And that was either the pellet or the relief of the shock. When we talk about our own rat race, we're going to break down those four elements and we're going to see how each one of those apply to our own life. Because escaping this rat race, if it's a dream for us, if it's a goal for us, we have to really understand it before we can escape it. So let's talk about that first element, the rat. You might at first not like the idea of comparing yourself to a rat, but there's actually scientific proof that rats are more or less, they have a lot in common with humans. For one, rats can laugh. You can YouTube, check out on YouTube, there's videos of rats being tickled. You can actually breed rats that gene, the ticklish gene, so that you create more ticklish rats, which is kind of cute when you think of that. Rats, they can think not only about what they see, they can actually think about thinking. Again, there's videos on YouTube you can watch where scientists have proven these things, and I'll share links later. Rats have empathy. There was one video that I watched where scientists had one rat in a little tube, and the other rat on the outside of the tube was the one who could open the tube. And that rat was helping his friend get out of the tube. So when you think about rats, although they seem like this nasty little animal that you don't want running around your homestead, getting into your feed bins, or maybe you see it running around the city, maybe they freak you out. But at their root level, we have a lot in common with them. But it goes beyond what they're like. Uh, think about the rats in this circumstance, the rats in the rat race. The rats that are in the rat race, for one, they're there against their will. These lab rats did not decide to run into the maze or go into those two containers that we saw in that video. Whatever their rat race is, it's something that they were put in against their will. They didn't design the life that they have. They didn't decide to become lab rats. It was done to them. So let's take a step back and ask ourselves, are we anything like the rats in the rat race? Well, we're obviously all thinking creatures. We're all creatures with empathy, hopefully. Uh, we're creatures who enjoy laughing and having a good time. And so there we share something in common. Do we feel like the life that we're living right now is a life that perhaps has been designed by someone else's plan? much like the rat in the race. We might be more like this rat in the rat race than we want to admit. And that's why we have to figure out how, unlike the rat, we can escape. So now let's talk about the second element, the race. You don't have a rat race without a race. So what makes up a rat race? Think about the video from the Yale University study. That rat race was made up of a, an experiment designed by scientists, and they were trying to teach the rat a certain behavior. And if we think about the circumstances that that rat found himself in, there couldn't be anything more unnatural to the rat than these race setup, this, this experiment that he found himself in. A rat by nature wants to run around outside. He wants to find food and find a warm place to live. Uh, he doesn't want to be in a small container pressing levers. He doesn't want to be getting shocked. 
It's a completely unnatural circumstance for him to be in. Life in the lab, not life outside. We don't see rats in nature using levers to feed themselves. They're doing things that are unnatural, things that they don't want to be doing because they've been put into this race, this experiment. And let's take a step back again and try to look at ourselves. Are we in a race? Are we living the life that we dreamed of in high school or even back further in middle school? My first big life goal was to be an astronaut. And uh, I even got to go to space camp, which was really great of my parents to send me there. And uh, I'm obviously not an astronaut today, but that doesn't mean necessarily that I've fallen into the rat race. But are we doing what we really want to be doing? Or like these rats, have we been put into a lifestyle, one that maybe is unnatural to us? Uh, for some of us, being stuck inside for eight hours a day is something that we hate, it's awful. Uh, maybe commuting, maybe driving hours and hours to work. My own life, six years ago when we started this journey here on our homestead, we're coming up on six years, I was in a type of race. Now, I won't go so far as to say that I was in a, a rat race that I hated. One main reason I was working with my dad, which I really enjoyed, and I was doing construction which I really enjoyed. I liked using the machines. I liked learning the trade. I loved being outside for hours and hours. Changes of scenery. There were a lot of things that I really liked about my, my career, my job. However, there were some elements to this that were very unnatural to me that I didn't like. Uh, for one, there was the commute. It wasn't always bad, but when we moved up to our homestead, uh, we lived in a more northern part of the state, and my driving to work uh, in the southern part of the state sometimes could eat up three or four hours on a bad day. Four hours spent, not even working, four hours spent driving. And then an eight-hour work day away from my family and away from my homestead. I didn't want this kind of lifestyle. I got married to my wife because I wanted to spend time with her. I had a family because I wanted to have kids that I could spend time with. And I found that despite the fact that I liked my work, my lifestyle was not natural to what I wanted. I wanted to live where I was spending more time with my family and enjoying this beautiful homestead that we had moved on to. This is a beautiful place. And I had all these animals that I really enjoyed taking care of. And it was unnatural for me to leave them for 10 or 12 hours a day to go to work. And so when you ask yourself, when you look at yourself and say, okay, am I in a race? Ask yourself, are you in a place that is unnatural to you? Are you doing something that you wouldn't naturally choose? Another big giveaway with these rats is they were advancing someone else's plans. They didn't care about pulling levers. This was all the scientist's plan. And so the rat was helping science. In fact, rats and mice are one of the hugest contributors to science out there, second to humans, because they're the animals that we test all this on. Are we advancing someone else's plans? Why does the rat go through all this? Why does the rat pull on the lever or fight with the other rat? It's because he has no other choice and he has those stress motivators that are pushing him forward. And that's the third element in this race that we need to discuss. We need to talk about the stress. So what is the stress element? In our video that we watched, uh, we looked at the two different rats. The first one, the hungry rat, he was the minute he was in that box, he's moving all around looking to see how can he find something to eat. And then we had the satiated rat who entered the box comfortably, looked around, took in his surroundings, and then settled in. Looked like he was taking a nap. The scientists knew that the, the stress of hunger would motivate the first rat, but the second satiated rat, he was unmotivated by hunger. And so that's when they added in the shock. A happy, content rat, he's not going to play the game. 
He's not gonna do the experiment. It's only this motivation of those two different stresses that makes him play. So how do we make sure that we are not that stressed out rat? Well, first let's look at the hunger stress. The hungry rat is trying to figure out how to eat. Uh, he stumbles upon this reward and then he slowly starts learning, hey, if I hit this lever, I get another pellet. If I hit this lever, I get another pellet. And so he gets more and more trained to do the stuff that the scientists are trying to train him to do. Meanwhile, the satiated rat, he doesn't do any of those unnatural behaviors. It isn't until he's shocked that he's motivated into doing this. And once he's shocked, uh, he tries to do anything. The minute he's shocked, he starts clawing around, trying to figure out what can make this pain stop. And he's willing to pull the lever, chew on a cord, even wrestle with another rat. Whatever it takes, the shock motivates him to do it. So let's talk about our own stresses. What can we learn from the stresses of the rat? Are we being motivated by stress? Uh, first look at the stress of the hunger. The hungry rat was instantly, the minute he was put in that box, he was running around trying to find something uh, that could take care of you know, the hunger problem. So what are our own hungers? Well, there's the obvious hunger, right? We need to feed our family. We need to have a, a roof over our family's head. Uh, so we do need some money, right? But that hunger can grow. The hunger from just feeding our family and taking care of our needs, uh, we can start to try to get more and more, uh, have a materialistic way of living, uh, maybe a striving for prominence in our life. And as we satisfy, our hunger can grow and grow. And so we might find ourselves like that hungry rat and unlike the satiated rat, who was able to not play in the game. But then there was that other rat, right? The, the one that they started shocking. So what stresses in our life can be like shocks? Well, we could think about perhaps people's opinions of us. Maybe as we start our life, thinking about what we're going to do with our life. Uh, maybe the desire to be considered a success, to be able to do something with our life, uh, puts us down a path where uh, we start worrying about how others are viewing us. And so we find ourselves buying things we might not want, living lifestyles that might not be the lifestyle that we ourselves actually really want in the first place, but we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. But there's much worse shocks than people's opinions of us and trying to please others or family expectations. Think about the shocks that are associated with going into debt. It is taught to us in our lifestyle here in the United States Debt is just part of being what's considered a success. I remember learning that you want to have good credit and be proud of having good credit so that you can get a loan for your car and so you can get a loan for your house. And and it's like a, a taught to us as a badge of honor being able to go into debt. And so we might find ourselves in debt even for things that are unnecessary. People will go into debt now for furniture. They'll go into debt for a television. I remember my wife and I going to buy our first TV after we were married. The guy signed us up for a plan. We, we made this mistake. We went into debt to buy a television. Debt is the shock because when we don't pay our debts, when we get behind, then we're being motivated out of fear of that pain, of falling behind on our payments, losing our credit, uh, maybe having legal action taken against us. We might feel like that rat jumping in the box as he was getting zapped, trying to claw at anything that could help him. That is the motivating force of the shock. Now there is a fourth element to the rat race that we haven't talked about yet. And I think 
of all the elements to this rat race. The reward, this is the saddest one. If we look at our the little albino rats in their crates, the hungry rat's reward, a little dry, crusty food pellet, that's not what a rat wants to eat. A rat wants a nice, juicy piece of cheese. He wants food. He's looking for something that he can bite that's enjoyable, not this crusty old pellet. But that rat, his reward was the better of the two. As fleeting as it was, because obviously he's going to get hungry again and he's going to need to hit the lever again and keep feeding the cycle, at least his reward took care of a need. The second rat, his reward was just not getting shocked. That can be a motivating force for us too. That reward of not getting shocked. Sad, that's that's the rewards we're talking about. You've gone through the effort of this entire race and you get an old crusty pellet or you don't get shocked. But now again, let's take a, a look at our own life and see what does our own life offer us in the rat race? First, let's think about the food pellet, right? So the rewards that getting into the rat race may offer. So let's say we join, we get into kind of corporate lifestyle where we look at that ladder that we can go up the ladder. And with that ladder, we see the rewards that other people climbing this ladder are getting. We see the nice car. We see the bigger house in the better part of town that lifestyle that looks so nice with all these different things to show for it. Uh, more money, promotions, raises, uh, maybe a little bit more prominence in our company. And we think as we continue to climb that ladder that it will make us happier and we will have what we need then. But remember, that's as fleeting as that little pellet because that hunger continues to grow. And the more we feed that hunger for things to make us happy, the more we're gonna have to play the game of the scientists and hit that lever. The second reward, not getting shocked. Well, this is one that maybe if we're not climbing that corporate ladder, maybe those of us who are just struggling to get by and feel like we're in the rat race, we're living paycheck to paycheck. In this rat race every day, maybe doing what we don't wanna be because we have to be, because we want the reward of not getting shocked. We don't wanna get behind on our debts. We don't wanna lose our car or our home. We don't want legal action taken against us. And so just to stay ahead of that, we have to stick it out. We're stuck in this rat race, pushing the lever, biting the wire, fighting with the other rats. Now, I don't want you to feel bad. If you feel like listening to this, you know what? That sounds like me. I am in the rat race 100%. I don't want you to feel bad because the fact is the system is designed to train us to be good little rats and get into the race. If we think about it, public school is the very first rat race out there, right? Public school, let's go through the checklist of the four things. So first, all these kids, and you put them in a place that they don't want to be in, and you make them stay there way longer than they'd want to be in. It's not a natural place for them. Kids... Trust me, I have four of them. They want to run, they want to jump, they want to climb, they want to play. And now they've even taken play out of kindergarten. Kindergarten nowadays is all reading and, and getting a head start in the race. So they're putting these kids in a, a lifestyle that is completely unnatural to them. Sometimes they're pitted against each other in this race to get scholarships and a race to get certain spots on the team and you can make the team but you don't make the cut so they're pitted against each other like these rats there's stresses all over the place for them there's the desire to fit in the desire to succeed the desire to please others and of course there's the shocks if they don't do well they're going to get a bad grade they're going to get a bad report uh, they're not going to fit in with the other kids the rewards like that crusty pellet, right? They don't last very long. All right, you get an A on your test. You get an A on your report card. I worked my butt off through public school to get all the A's that I got, and I didn't get all A's, and they have done nothing for me today. I can confidently say every A I got has done nothing, 
and every F that I got has affected me in no way. Those rewards and those shocks in school, the rewards are fleeting. The shocks, unfortunately, can stay with you. Guys, before before we get into how you can escape from the rat race, I just want to take a quick minute to remind you, if you love the show, if you enjoy listening to it every week, this is just a two-month trial. If you want us to keep doing a weekly show, you can show your support in two ways. Head on over to thisishomesteady.com and become a pioneer. As soon as you do that, you'll gain access to the entire Pioneer Library, which has bonus podcasts and classes and videos. And you can join us every Tuesday night at 10 o'clock Eastern Time for the Pioneers Only After Show Hangout, where we talk about the episode, the topic, and share ideas of how to improve our own homesteads. If you can't become a Pioneer, you can still support the show. Before you shop at Amazon, head over to Amsteady. Dot com That will forward you to Amazon where you can do your regular shopping, but a small percentage of what you spend will be given to us. You'll be charged nothing extra. Thanks so much for supporting this show. We couldn't do it without you guys. So... We've been trained by public school. We've been trained by the way our, this system works that everyone is supposed to be in. We have been trained to be good little rats in the rat race. But here is the thing. I don't want you to be depressed. It can be depressing. And normally our show is very, very positive. We don't focus on the negatives. And that is why we need to talk about how you can get out of the rat race. What you can do to make sure that you're not stuck. So how do you get out of this rat race? This is the biggest difference between us and rats, right? Is we actually have the ability to decide, you know what? This isn't for me. The rats don't get to decide that. They're stuck. But we can make a difference. Knowledge is power. I really, really believe that. I don't think it's a cheesy saying. And so... Let's, with some knowledge, address these four elements and see how we can escape this rat race. The first step, don't let yourself be a lab rat. A lab rat can't design the life that he wants, but you can. You can build the life that you want, and that's the difference between you and the rat. So it starts with today. If you're like, you know what, I've, I'm listening to this and I I don't want to be a lab rat. I don't want to. You have to first tell yourself this. I will not be a lab rat. Recognize that you have the ability. I will not let someone else put me in this race. Or if I'm already in it, I will not let someone else keep me in this race. And this is the most important part. You have to believe I have control. You have to believe that you have control over your own life. Because the minute you start to blame other people for your life and what's gone wrong, you will be a victim. If you say, oh, I'm in the rat race, but it's because of this and that, and this person did this, and and I have to because that per We are in control of ourselves. We let us get ourselves to this point, but if we accept that responsibility, we can then start to get ourselves out. For me, this all started uh, listening to podcasts, particularly entrepreneurial ones. Uh, ones that helped me see that I could start my own business. I could grow my business, my homestead, my farm business. Uh, and then that led to building my own uh, internet business and a, a marketing business and doing this show a little bit by bit, learning how I could improve myself so that I could help me and my family get out of that race. The second step is to recognize your own rat race. So everybody's race might be different. We need to recognize what our race is and then leave that, plan our escape route out of that. So not all rat races are the same. We have to think about ourselves. What is nice? What is unnatural to us? 
what is unwanted? What are the parts of our life that we don't like? Some of us may love our work, what we do. We might be really good at it, at it. but perhaps there's elements of our work that we don't love. Uh, perhaps we don't like the commute. Maybe we don't like having a boss. Maybe we're really happy doing what we do, except for when we have to do it on our boss's schedule and do what our boss says. And, and maybe we're doing busy work that we wouldn't need to do, but we're, we're told to do it. So we need to focus on that. For me, it wasn't my boss. I enjoyed working with my dad and it wasn't my work. I enjoyed working hard outside. That's why I have a farm still. But it was the commute and the time away from my family. That for me was the element of the rat race that I needed to get rid of. Uh, maybe it's living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe our rat race is just the fact that we get our paycheck on Friday and by next Monday, that, that money's already spent by the time our paycheck arrives and it's just a cycle for us. If we love what we do, maybe that's not the rat race, but maybe elements of our life are. So take some time and really figure out, sit down and say, okay, I'm not going to be the rat anymore. I want to leave the race. What is my personal race here? What are the parts of my life that are unnatural that I would prefer not to be? Do you not want to be inside for eight hours a day? Write it down. Do you not want to have a commute? Write it down and write these things down because writing it down makes it makes it real. Putting it on paper, making a, a checklist, having a notebook. It makes you have some uh, something to look towards and keep working towards. Once you know what your own rat race is, you can form an exit strategy. And that is the goal. Forming that exit strategy, knowing what you want to avoid, and then making the plan to get rid of those elements in your life. Maybe you'll still do what you're doing, but you'll work for yourself so you won't have a boss. Uh, maybe you'll still work for the company. Maybe you like your work, but you can convince your boss to telecommute. And there's some great resources out there as far as books. Uh, the Tim Ferriss's four hour work week is a great one for any of you who like what you do, but rather work from home, read Tim Ferriss's the four hour work week. There's some great advice in there on how to convince your boss to allow you to telecommute. Step three, the stress right? The, the hungry rat, the zapped rat. We need in step three, we need to become the satiated rat. We don't want to be the hungry rat. We don't want to be the shocked rat. So how do we do this? Well, first off, we need to avoid debt like the plague because debt makes us hungry. It makes us shocked. So there are some things that it is understandable. If you buy a house and you're in debt because you bought that house, if you were in a good position to put yourself in that debt, that's a different kind of debt. A house has value that generally that value will go up over time. So I'm not sitting here telling you don't go into debt to buy your house. Now, another great resource, Dave Ramsey's methods of getting out of debt. He talks about buying houses with cash and not going into debt for that. But we're not sitting here saying, if you're in debt for your house, that was irresponsible. Avoid debt and as many things as you can. Don't buy TVs. Don't make the mistake we made. Don't buy a television and go into debt or a couch. Find something on Craigslist. A car. So many people like Dave Ramsey and other people that I've either interviewed or read books of say, buy the car you can afford. Don't buy a car and go into debt because a car is not an asset that appreciates it's a depreciating asset. So it loses its value. As you're paying more and more money for it, it's losing the value. You'll never get that back. So avoid debt like the plague. But then take an, another step. We need to avoid being materialistic, getting joy from buying things, uh, trying to keep up with people. This can even come right down onto our dinner tables, right? How much money are we spending eating out? Are we just burning money up eating out all the time. This is a big one for us. We all the time have to stop and say to ourselves, all right, we are eating out too much. We are spending too much money on stopping at Starbucks for a coffee, uh, going out to lunch. And that drains money so quickly. So avoid being the hungry rat. Try to have a budget. This is a hard one. And I, it's a hard one for us too. Uh, we've tried to do budgets many, many times. But the point is you need to keep trying. Trying to budget, saving money. Dave Ramsey suggests putting $1,000 in an emergency fund. That's a great 
goal to start with? Can you just put a thousand bucks into an emergency fund as quickly as you can? Have the emergency fund. So avoiding debt, saving money. That will keep us not hungry and that'll make sure that we're not afraid of the shock. Remember the satiated rat, he was just taking a rest. He was hungry, he wasn't getting shocked. He was not playing the game. So make sure that we are the satiated rat. And we could take it even a step further. Part of our exit strategy may be becoming self-employed. And this is something we can do over time. So saying to yourself, I'm going to figure out what this rat race is. I'm going to put $1,000 aside in an emergency fund so that when something bad happens, I don't have to get into debt to get myself out of trouble. These are the steps that we take towards slowly exiting the rat race. The final thing we want to make sure to do, the thing that we want to pay attention to is redefining the reward. We're going to tell ourselves, you know what? We're not happy with pellets. We're not happy with not getting shocked. Think about an example. This is just one example. Say you're a parent like me and you started your family because you want, you wanted to have kids. You know, you wanted to have that family life. And as a parent, you need to provide for your children. So you start climbing that corporate ladder because you know your kids are growing and they're going to eat more and you're going to need to feed them more. But as you do this, you find yourself away from home more and more and more hours, spending more time away from home. To try to make yourself feel better, you buy your kids some gifts, right? This is the classic parent buys the kid gifts because he can't spend time with them. It's understandable how you get in that position. You have to provide for your family. You have to take care of your own. You feel bad about not being there, but you got to go to work. And so you buy the gifts. And this creates a cycle. Now you're spending money on things. That's the pellet. You'll have to keep buying things and you'll always be hungry. And so will the child. Instead, recognizing this cycle, taking time to say, this is my rat race. And then saying, you know what? I'm going to stop buying things. I'm going to stop buying my own things, my own toys. I'm going to stop buying the children toys. And I'm going to change my employment. I'm going to make less money. Maybe I'm going to slowly start being self-employed. And then I'll have to deal with work not being as regular. But I'm not going to be buying all these things and all these toys to fill that insatiable hunger. Now you'll need to work less. If your goal is to spend more time with your family on your homestead, then the best way to do that probably isn't to continue to climb the corporate ladder. Now, there is something to be said about doing this over a time period. I'm not sitting here and saying you need to quit your job and spend more time with your kids. It took us years to the point where I work from home 20, 25 days out of the month. I'm working from home. And a lot of that time is spent right here in this office doing work for other people. I'm not doing my passion for work 24-7. But we were able to build our life to the point where I could be home more. And that was our goal. Remember, my rat race was the commute and the time spent away from family. And so over this six years, first, I took some time to learn about how I could make that exit strategy. Read some books, listened to podcasts. Then I started to experiment with side businesses, small businesses that didn't cost a lot of money to start that I could do on the side while I still had my day job. As we did that, those businesses grew. And now I was able to become self-employed, which that freed up lots of time. No more commuting, no more having to be places I didn't want to be, you know, five out of seven days a week. The next step for us was getting out of debt. So once we had that self-employment, we started really focusing on budgeting, putting money aside for an emergency fund, putting money aside uh, for a few months. This is our current goal. We're not there yet. Uh, being self-employed means you might have a month where you have no clients. There might be some time where you dry, your work dries up. And we've realized to avoid going back into debt, we need to make sure we have a few months worth of income tucked away safely in the bank so that if all my clients were to dry up tomorrow, well, I'd have a few months set aside that could buy us time instead of having to pull out those credit cards and go back into debt and become that rat again in the race. And this continues to grow. The journey out of the rat race doesn't end. It hasn't ended for me and it 
won't end for most of us for years and years to the point where we have continued to be strict, making sure that we take the time to first state, like we said, number one, we're not going to be red anymore, identify what our race is, and then make our exit strategy, make sure we become that satiated rat, and then redefining our reward, writing it down. The suburban escapee, Alexia, who does the blog post recap for these episodes, uh, she is a... uh, I think it's called a physical arts therapist. And if I butchered that, Alexia, you can correct it in the comments in the blog post. Um, but she, essentially, she's a therapist who uses physical art to help with therapy. And one of the things she talks about all the time is creating what she calls a vision board. So this is a like a clothesline where you would clip pictures and words and things that make you think of your goal. So make that vision board, take pictures of what your perfect homestead looks like and hang them up, write words down, get your motivation tangible, make notes in a notepad of what your actual reward is. Think about the pellet, right? Think about the shock. Those were the rat races rewards, but your reward can be different. Your reward can be living life with your family, outside, spending time on your homestead, working with animals, working with clients who appreciate you, working with clients who are happy with the work that you do, delivering work to the clients that you're proud of, that you put your best effort into, and that only took you a quarter or half of the time that it would have doing it someone else's way. Your reward can be doing the job that you love, but working from home. Not having to spend time stuck in traffic, not having to spend time commuting. Your reward can be getting to work really, really hard six months out of the year, and then taking a few months off, and then another six months at a time doing seasonal work. One of my best friends is a a landscaper. He's got his own business. He works really, really hard from this about this month now, April, clear to about November. And then he's a hunter. He enjoys hunting. So he takes November and he hunts. He gets to enjoy tons of time outside. And December, he cuts firewood. He enjoys what he likes to do. And then it starts to snow and his work picks back up but he gets to enjoy the time doing the things that he likes. So think about your own reward. It'll be different for all of us. My reward might seem like a pellet to you and yours may be a pellet to me. But define that, redefine the reward. Don't take the pellet, don't take the lack of the shock and make that the reward. Make your goal, what your dream life is, make that a goal. Put it on paper, make it tangible. So this is a challenge, a challenge to all you listening, all you homestead dreamers out there. Getting out of the rat race, it's not something that happens quickly, it doesn't happen overnight, and it's not easy. It took us years and years to get to this point, and we still have work to go to have the life that we truly want. But if you don't start now, you'll never escape. I want you to remember those two rats in the experiment that we talked about today. When the experiment's done, the scientist doesn't reach in, pick up the rat, give it a little pet on the head and say, good job, buddy, and then set him free into a field full of cheese where he gets to live out the rest of his life happy, done with the experiment. The lab rat, he dies in the lab. Usually he's euthanized right after the experiment. Sadly, there are people listening to this episode that will spend the bulk of their life in the rat race. Their life may end with them still in the rat race. I don't want you to be one of them. So think of our rats. Make them the inspiration to not spend your entire life in the rat race. 
Let them be your inspiration to start now. And it may take you a year, and it may take you five years. Maybe it takes you 10 years. But maybe one day you'll look back, you'll remember those little rats, and you can thank them for being the inspiration that you needed to escape the rat race. This week, we have a very special plan for the YouTube channel. We're going to be sharing the advice of a few different other homesteading channels. I went out and asked them what they have done or are doing to leave the rat race. There's a great episode recap over at thisishomesteady.com. Alexia, the suburban escapee, does a weekly write-up recapping the episode and sharing relevant links. If you want to see the rat video, head on over to thisishomesteady.blog. You can see our two rats. Special thanks to Allison Holly. Since we jumped into doing weekly podcasts, she's been helping us edit, and she has been a huge help. Homesteady is produced by myself and my wife Kay, and we're Homesteady. If you are too, make sure to share that with us. Hashtag all your social media posts. I am Homesteady. And until next time, the road is rocky. Make Homesteady. Next Tuesday night, be sure to join us live on YouTube. I have a special guest, Dave from Northeast Edible, who's going to be chatting with me all about starting a homestead orchard or just planting a few homestead fruit trees. And if you join us for the live episode on YouTube, You'll be able to ask Dave whatever questions you have. It's Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, and Homesteady Pioneers will get to pick Dave's brain afterward for the Pioneers Only Hangout. We'll also be talking about an upcoming workshop that we have on the Homesteady Farm. May 6th, you can come to the farm and take part in this workshop. Dave will be there teaching us how to properly plant our fruit bushes and trees. He's going to teach us how to do it. And then we're going to get our hands dirty. We have a whole mess of fruit trees going in the ground, and you're going to get to help us plant them. Early bird tickets just went on sale. They're only $7, but we only have 10 of them. After that, the price is going to go up. So if you'd like to join us Saturday, May 6th for the workshop, head on over to thisishomesteady.com. There's a link on the homepage that'll take you to get your early bird ticket. We are located in Connecticut if you want to come and visit the farm. And if you can't come and visit for the workshop on May 6th, become a Homesteady Pioneer because we'll be doing a live webinar where you get to ask Dave questions and learn everything that the people here on the farm are doing. Don't forget to join us Tuesday night at 9 to ask Dave whatever questions you have about planting fruit on your homestead. I hope that you can join us Tuesday night and I'd love to see you at the workshop May 6th here at the Homesteady Farm in Connecticut. Head on over to thisishomestudy.com to learn more.